Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Girly Homesteader podcast. It is officially October. It is spooky season and I am definitely very, very excited about that. So today's episode is all about updates um, around our little homestead and also my goals for the month of October. And I'll be honest with you, um, as you know, <laughs> September was kind of weird just because we were gone for a week and then I was sick for a week. And so honestly, I didn't get as much done last month as I was hoping to, um, specifically in terms of homestead stuff. Um, in September, I decided to focus the time that I did have on household chores, um, just because one thing that I am trying to do with my new planner system that I have uh, just my personal planner is to try and get better about cleaning and maintaining the house. Um, these coming months that are colder, it's definitely easier to get those indoor tasks done. And so I focused on staying on track with those goals. So that means that everything in the garden and just like prepping for the cold and for winter kind of got pushed off. And so honestly, October, I'm doing some of the things that I didn't get to last month. So anyways, stay tuned for just some updates around here and then also my goals for the month of October. Hello and welcome to season two of the Girly Homesteader podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a girly homesteader living in Xenia, Ohio, with my husband, chickens, bees, and garden. This is my second year homesteading, and in 2023, I am hoping to hone some of the skills I learned in 2022, specifically in the garden and kitchen. This podcast is meant to be a bridge between nature-centered homesteading and the more girly aspects of being a woman, like non-toxic skincare, makeup, and hair care. So if you're looking for a lifestyle podcast that also talks about random aspects of homestead life, like dirty chicken feet, being attacked by bees, monthly garden goals, food preservation ideas, and sourdough that doesn't always rise, you're in the right place and you've found a girlfriend in homesteading. All right, so before I get into my homestead updates, I do want to give an update just kind of about like my business. Um, next week on the podcast, I will be interviewing Mimi, who is the author of a cookbook that is called Too Many Eggs. And this interview was really, really awesome. She is a super cool person and she knows so much, not just about eggs and chickens, but about like the history of these recipes that are in her book. And so I just want to give you kind of a heads up that next week I will be doing a giveaway on Instagram featuring a copy of her cookbook and also a copy of my homestead slash garden planner. So if you are interested in joining the giveaway, just want to give you a heads up. So, okay, to the updates around our homestead. Um, as I said, I didn't do as much last month in September as I was hoping to. As I said, we were gone and we were also sick. And the weather in September, it was pretty typical, I would say, for Ohio, at least in our most recent years and fall here. Um, but we are definitely still going through kind of a drought um, it's been relatively mild. Apparently when we were gone, it was super, super nice. And the weather even got down like into the forties 
and that completely toasted my basil. Oh my gosh. So I guess I should go into garden updates. So before we left for our trip, and that was like, I don't know, kind of first, second week of September, I did a really hard prune on my basil. That way I could dehydrate some. And I figured that I would come back and they would be all bushy again, but they looked like shit, to be honest with you. And so come to find out that while we were gone, the temperatures here, they dipped down into the 40s. And so I'm thinking that that is what totally zapped my basil. Also, the fact that at that time, I still had Roma tomatoes in place there and it was shading my basil quite a bit. So I think that with the cooler temperatures and the lack of sun, my basil was toast. And so in the month of September, I did start some basils to have in my indoor garden just in pots. So yeah, the garden, you can definitely tell that it is transitioning into the cool season very, very quickly. Um, all of my tomatoes, like all of my Roma tomatoes, those are out. They were toast. I am done harvesting Roma tomatoes, which honestly I'm happy about because... I said this before, but I wasn't totally impressed with this variety of Roma tomato. I just didn't think that they got super red. And so next year, I want to try your typical San Marzano. But anyways, I'm glad that those are out. Um, I put them on my burn pile rather than mixing them back into the soil just because I want to continue keeping early blight out of my soil. Um, and actually, this is an update that is going to maybe change kind of next year's plan. So I told you that um, we have this area by our house where we wanted to put some raised beds, some new raised beds. And I was planning on buying them in November with Black Friday sales and everything. But honestly, with the way the sun changes, once fall comes, that side of our house now, it really barely gets any sun. And so we're kind of torn now on if we want to still install these beds. I do think, now these beds, just a reminder, these were supposed to be specifically for slicing tomatoes. And so I do think I still want to try just because at the earlier part of summer when we're like dying for tomatoes, <laughs> um, hopefully it'll be sunny enough and warm enough, warm enough in that spot. I think it will be. So I think instead of like diving head first and getting two raised beds to put in this area, I think we might just do one. In that bed, we should at least be able to get four, maybe five tomato plants in there. So we'll see. Um, what I learned again from this year is that the healthier your plant is, the more production you're going to get. So, you know, if I can get these plants to be super healthy, even though they're in a small space, who knows? I, get my, I might get more production than I did from my tomatoes that were in my main garden. So we're kind of toying around with that right now. But those tomatoes that are in pots right now, they are toast. Um, there's still a few green tomatoes on there, but honestly, I think they got too wet while we were gone, not by our fault and really not by the fault of our house sitter and our chicken sitter. We told her to water them every day, but I think they probably got too wet and it was too cold, as I said, while we were gone. And so I think that zapped the tomatoes. So who knows? Maybe they could be doing better um, if that wouldn't have happened to them. I'm not really sure. So, so yeah, my tomatoes, I still have probably three or four plants that are still producing. Um, but to be honest with you, I am kind of at the point where I'm over tomatoes. And I never thought that I would say that, but I am kind of over them. 
Um, as I've said on this podcast many times before, my husband and I, we, you know, we love tomatoes and peppers just like anybody else and cucumbers. But when it comes down to it, we just love our cool weather things. So, so yeah, the garden is going okay. Um, I have successfully harvested a few of my first turnips and radishes, and then I think I do have a few beets that are ready to go in there. So that's exciting because honestly, when I started out planting, I thought it was too hot. I thought nothing was going to happen to them. Um, I used my shade cloth over my seedlings and I was super torn. I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I didn't know if I was limiting the light too much, but honestly, it ended up working out. So I am happy about that. Um, but one thing that like, I have no idea what the heck happened. I planted spinach and some other cool weather greens and they took their sweet old time to germinate. But then finally I did notice my little line of spinach. Well, one day they were there, the next day they were gone. And honestly, I really don't know what the heck happened. Um, nothing can really get into my garden that digs and I have no sign that anything got in there and was digging around. So I'm thinking it was some sort of a pest, like insect pest or a bug pest. I'm thinking maybe slugs. I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty pissed about that to be honest with you. Um, I actually just went out in the garden today and I did a big greens harvest and this will lead into some of the goals that I have, but um, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely still need to get better at figuring out how much I need to plant because what always ends up happening is I'm out of greens and I think, oh my gosh, I need to plant a ton. And then I do, and then I'm overwhelmed and I just keep on going through like phases of not having enough greens and then being overwhelmed, not having enough greens and being overwhelmed. So yeah, the garden is going fine. Um, I'm feeling better about it now than I was early in the year for sure. So one update is that October is the month. We're here in my uh, area in zone 6A in Ohio. Uh, our first frost date is around October 14th. So as of the day that I'm recording this, that means I am like 12 days away from that. And that came here quicker than I thought. And it's just hard to imagine that it is actually coming because the high for today is supposed to be like 84. But by the weekend, we're supposed to have lows in the mid 30s. And so yeah, fall is definitely coming. It is definitely here. Again, I'm not sad about it. I love fall. I like the cooler weather. I honestly prefer winter over summer. And so for me, I'm excited about it. It just means that there is a lot of work that needs to be done before that frost date. And of course, I will get into that um, when I get into my October goals. So a couple more updates, though, around the, the homestead. Um, we did move that last beehive, but we kind of had some issues. Um, we figured that we would do it like how we've always done it before. Uh, when you move a beehive, you are supposed to do it at night or in the morning uh, when the bees are mostly inside. That way, you don't leave any stragglers. So in theory, if you close up your beehive and you move it at night or in the morning when all the bees are still in there, if you move it, the bees will leave the hive to go to work for the day and they will kind of assess and think, okay, things are different and they should, at least they're supposed to, they're supposed to figure out where their new hive moved to and they're supposed to kind of like rehome and kind of reprogram their little brains to get back. Well, that didn't happen when we moved this hive. Uh, we moved it, 
I don't know, maybe, gosh, 20 yards or something. Not that much. We moved it from a very, very different feeling location too. We moved it from underneath a tree in a flower bed that really had no obstructions to our wildflower patch where our other beehives are. And in this wildflower patch, the bees essentially, they come out of the hive and they have to fly straight up in the air. That way they can get through the flowers. It's a great place for them because they're very protected. Um, but <laughs> the theory again was that by moving them to such a very, very different feeling location, they were supposed to figure it out that, hey, we moved. Something is different. But as I said, that didn't work. Um, so the day after we moved them, we were cutting the grass and oh my God, there was a huge cloud of bees at the old location of that hive. Like so many bees. And honestly, I was a little worried. <laughs> um, I am still a little worried for that hive. I don't really know what the heck is going to happen. Because then what we've ended up finding out a few days later is that the cinder blocks that we had this hive placed on, we had just left them there. And the bees had moved in to the holes in the cinder block. So one of these cinder blocks, it was the kind where the back side of it was full. So it made like a little cubby for the bees. And yeah, they sure moved into this little cubby in the cinder block. And so a couple days ago, over the weekend, we moved that block over to where the bees are supposed to be. And we're hoping that they all moved in. But honestly, we have really no idea. So I'll get to that big goal for the month of October later. Um, in regards to the chickens, none of my little babies have started laying yet. I'm hoping that we get some layers maybe in October. Um, my rooster, he is still alive. <laughs> um, right now he's about five and a half months old maybe. Um, and he seems to still be okay. He is working on his crow. <laughs> Uh, he's perfecting it, I guess. Um, but so far, he doesn't seem to be too aggressive with us. He definitely crows every single time we come outside. So I think he's trying to show that he does have dominance. But a lot of my older chickens, they are definitely still picking on him. And so I think he's still trying to learn his place in the flock. But like if my husband or I, if we get the chance to catch um, and hold one of the younger chickens that he's the same generation of, you can tell that he's watching us. But so far, he doesn't seem to be getting puffed up or especially angry. Um, so I'm really, really hoping that he's a good rooster. He is so handsome. He's very, very beautiful. He's an olive egger and I would love it if we'd be able to keep him, but I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. <sighs> Last time when we decided to cull our rooster, he was about at the six month mark, maybe seven. So we still have some time to, to see what's going on with this little guy. So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully we don't have to get rid of him, but, um, but yeah, so far so good in the chicken area. Um, gosh, a lot of my chickens are molting and they are still mad at us for, <laughs> from leaving them. Um, for our vacation, it seems like nobody wants to cuddle anymore. Everybody's molting and really we're only getting like two, three, maybe, maybe four eggs a day. So I am definitely in hoarding mode. So that's really it for the updates around the homestead. After the break, I'm going to get into my goals for the month of October. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grubly Farms, the brand of chicken food and treats I use for my own flock. 
What's always been important to me is making sure my girls get a non-soy protein source, but Grubly Farms takes it one step further by using food waste to raise the black soldier fly larvae that they then turn into insect-based protein. This is way more natural for chickens than the fish-based food I used to use. Grubly Farms is also higher in calcium than other feeds because it is made of insects, and I've definitely noticed stronger eggshells because of it. My girls go crazy for the crumbled food, but you can shop all their products with a link in the show notes, and you can get 25% off your first order by using the code GIRLYHOMESTEADER at checkout. So I'm looking at my list here for October, and it's a lot. (laughs) As I said, some of the things that I didn't get done in September, they have been moved to October. First thing is that garlic and onion border that I wanted to make around my new bed. I didn't get to that in September because the weather was just not really conducive to doing it. And then when it was conducive, I was sick and recovering. And so, yeah, that just didn't end up happening. But that's okay. There's no re- not really a big rush here in the month of October because I am going to be pl- planting my garlic in November. I know a lot of times... It is recommended that here in zone 6A, you plant your garlic in October, kind of like after you get your first like light freeze. But honestly, I did that last year and my garlic ended up sprouting in November and I want to avoid that. Yes, I did still get a good garlic harvest, but I would like to avoid it. So I'm thinking that my targeted garlic planting date will be November. That means that I have the entire month of October to get this bed ready. But my plan here is to till it one more time with the tiller that we have on our tractor. Right now, I have been adding all of my chicken poop from the coop into this bed. And um, my plan is that once it is tilled, I am going to take my feed bags. So my Grubly Farms feed bags, they are made of paper. And the two, like there's three layers to these these bags and the two inner layers, they don't have any printing on them. And so what I want to do is I've been saving these throughout the year because they do make really good weed barrier or kind of landscape fabric, quote unquote. And so what I want to do is I want to take my bags apart, use those two unprinted layers and lay them out all over this new bed. And then I will hold them in place with stones or bricks over the winter time. I want to make a true border with some, uh, like landscape kind of edger bricks that we found around our property. We have a bunch of them. And so that is my goal for the month of October because I didn't do it in September. The other thing that I didn't do last month is I did not create that canning and sort of winter time to-do list. So I want to do that this month. Um, Basically, I just want to make a list of all of the food preservation that I didn't get to during the summer just because I didn't want to. And those are good activities for the cold months of winter. So I just want to make a good to-do list to kind of free up the space in my brain and just have tons of things to do when we all get bored in wintertime. So that's another goal. The other thing I need to do is process that honey. I swear, I've been talking about this for like three months now and we still haven't done it. The honey is safe in our garage, so it's fine. But we need to process it and get it in jars because we are down to our last jar of honey from last month. Um, In terms of the bees, 
the thing that we need to do this month is we need to winterize them. And so what that means is that we need to get rid of the empty space that is in the hives. So as soon as um, the summer uh, solstice happens, the bees know. The bees know that the days are getting shorter. And so what they start to do is they start to kick out all of the drones, all of the boys, because they're not needed during winter time. And then the queen also knows to stop laying as many eggs and to stop creating as many workers. And so because of this, there's less bees in the hive. And so really what you need to do is you need to get rid of that dead space. That way they can stay as warm as possible. And so what we need to do is we need to go through our three different hives and we need to make sure that our biggest one has enough space or has less space actually, but then we might need to take some honey and some reserves and maybe even some bees from that biggest hive and move it to the smallest hive, the one that we just moved and we had some issues with. I'm hoping that there's still plenty of bees in that hive, but if there isn't, we're going to have to do kind of some swapping around to make sure that everybody is happy and they have enough food to sustain themselves during winter. The other thing that we do to get our bees ready for winter is we put what is called a quilt board on top of them. And so if you don't know anything about bees, basically what this is, it's a different type of cover that has a space to absorb moisture because bees, just like chickens, if they are cold, they'll generally be okay. But if they are cold and wet, they won't do well. And so what this special cover for the bees does is it helps to absorb that excess moisture. That way when they're breathing, it kind of absorbs all of their exhalations, I guess, and it keeps them drier. So that's what we have to do to get the bees ready for winter. And then we also have to get our chickens kind of ready for winter too. Um, not necessarily in the coop, but because we are gonna get into freezing temperatures in this month, most likely, um, I do have to get the chicken water heater ready to go. Um, I use an aquarium heater in my water jug. I just put it in there, plug it in, and it keeps their water from freezing. So I'll have to do that eventually this month. And then another random goal is that I would like to harvest a deer. Our deer season opened this past Saturday. We didn't, well, I didn't go out hunting because it was too warm. But this coming weekend, it's going to be nice and cool. And so I'm hoping that we can have some luck there. But of course, although that's a goal for October, it's not something I really have much control over. Um, in terms of the garden, that's really like everything else <laughs> that I have to do this month. Um, again, we have to get ready for the freezing temperatures to come and the frosts. And so what I would like to do in October is put up my windbreak um, against our garden. That's basically just a cedar fence panel that we just lean up against the fence to help block some of the wind. This won't have to happen until a little bit later in October. Um, October is the month that all of our leaves come down and we are battling lots and lots of leaves. So once those leaves come down, that is when I will need this windbreak. Um, just because of the layout of where our garden is. It's right by, by a, our property line and there's trees there. But then of course, once those leaves come down, those trees will not block the wind. Speaking of all those leaves, this is the month where I need to shred them. <laughs> Last year, I definitely drug my feet on um, shredding leaves just because it's really not a fun process. It's not necessarily hard or anything. It's just that you get so filthy dirty. Um, 
And so it's definitely a project that like I need to do on the weekend when I, you know, can be all dirty, nasty. I don't know about you guys, but I, on the weekends, I generally like, I don't shower very much. I don't wash my hair. I don't care if I'm all that dirty. We just do lots of projects and then it always feels good to take a nice long shower by the end of the weekend. So October is the month that I need to shred leaves and I need to save them. Now, the thing that's going to be different though, is that this time, I'm not going to shred them and then immediately put them on the garden. I want to shred these leaves and then save them for the summertime, I think, next year. What I discovered is that by putting the shredded leaves on our garden over winter, that made a bunch of slugs move in and they were wreaking havoc on my garden this year. And so I'm thinking that if I save those shredded leaves for later, that can be a new mulch option for me. So... Yes, I have to put up the windbreak. I have to put up the plastic on my garden too to create my low tunnels for frost protection. And then I need to shred those leaves. I already mentioned that garlic and onion border that I need to create. And then another that, um, I'm just gonna be doing some final harvests, like final harvest of tomatoes, final harvest of my greens. That's another thing that I wanna do when I, as I said, I was out this morning, I was harvesting greens. And I realized that I have a lot of greens that are really big, specifically mustards and arugula. And so what I wanna do is I want to do some big harvests of those, that way I can clear out that bed space to try and get one more planting of greens in before things get too cold and before we lose too much sunlight. The other thing that's coming up for us in November is the beginning of our Persephone period. I will probably talk about this more next month. But the Persephone period is when you experience less than 10 hours of sunlight in a day. And once you achieve or once you reach that point, your plants outside, they pretty much stop growing. It doesn't matter if it's cold or not. The sunlight just doesn't really let them grow. And so for me, because I do have such good season extension options, for me, that date is the more important one. And so I'm going to try my best to try and get some more greens planted. That way they can come to maturity before that date in November. So I do have to clear out some mustards and some arugula. My plan, I think, is to try and freeze them. I'm thinking that mustard and arugula would be pretty good in soups. I don't know. It'll be an experiment. I think that would be better than kale because, honestly, we're just not kale people. So anyways, I need to clear those out. And then I also need to move some of my frost-sensitive herbs inside. Um, in my green stock planter, I have two of them now. I have herbs in one and I have strawberries in another. I need to research how to overwinter strawberries and get those in the basement or wherever they need to be, maybe my garage. I'm not really sure. I gotta Google it. <laughs> but um, my sensitive herbs that I have, like I have lemongrass, I need to get those out of the green stock pretty darn quick. I need to get those in a pot to come inside. And then I also have some lemon basils still outside that are doing well that I want to, um, uh, that I want to dry and get preserved. The other thing that I will be most likely harvesting this month is horseradish. Um, I am growing horseradish in a pot and it seems to be doing very, very well, but I can definitely tell that the plant is starting to come to the end of its life cycle. Um, from what I researched so far, you will harvest horseradish at the end of October or maybe beginning of November. So we'll just have to see. Um, but really, that's it. <laughs> I say it like it's not a lot, but it is. 
Um, it's going to be a big month here in October, so I'm just hopeful that my husband and I, we stay healthy and that we can get back to normal um, and that we can get all of these things accomplished before the cold days start to really, really set in. Believe me, I am so excited for them because honestly, it's been a little bit warmer these past couple weeks here in September, which is okay. I would like it if we got some more rain, but... Oh well, that's just how fall is here. The good news is that our leaves are just barely starting to change. And then I, <laughs> the other good thing is that I finally have my sense of smell back and I can actually tell that it is fall now just by the smells. So anyways, uh, just a summary of my goals for the month of October. I need to shred leaves because this is the month for us when they really, really start coming down. I need to prepare my garden for the first frost date that's going to happen for us here in October. So that means putting up a windbreak and also putting up my greenhouse plastic. I need to winterize the bees. I need to winterize the chicken waterer. I need to keep harvesting. I need to keep preserving. <laughs> I need to prep my garlic and onion bed. And then hopefully I will be able to harvest a deer this month. That would be very, very exciting. So that is it for today. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, next week will be a wonderful interview with the author of the Two Many Eggs cookbook. And I will be doing a giveaway uh, with a copy of that book and also a copy of my homestead planner. So stay tuned if you are interested in winning any of those items. And of course, stay tuned for the interview next week. So again, that is it for today. And I will talk to you next week. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by all my favorite clean beauty brands like Beauty Counter, Coco Kind, Acure Beauty, Ilia, and many more. Yes, I did create this podcast as a way to share my journey through homesteading, but I also wanted it to be a place where we can still be girls. Because if you're like me, you probably like makeup, but also love chickens. You probably like skincare, but also love gardening. And you probably like feeling pretty, despite the potentially dirty world of homesteading that we live in. This is exactly why I created this show. I mean, it is called The Girly Homesteader Podcast. It's meant to be a bridge between nature-centered homesteading and the girlier aspects of your life. So if you text me the word samples to 937-821-5565, that will be a direct line of contact between you and me to help you find your perfect products. We'll text back and forth to figure out your skin type, and then I'll send you risk-free samples based on your routine and product preferences. I'll put my phone number in the show notes, but again, if you text the word samples to 937-821-5565, we'll become clean beauty buddies and get you started on your best homesteading self ever. listening to the girly homesteader podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode and if you want to share more in my journey follow me on instagram at the girly homesteader <laughs>